Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Ribbon. This podcast is brought to you by Pete's Car Smart Kia. These guys are not here just to sell you a car, but they believe in building relationships with their customers and the community. Visit their website at petescarsmartkia.com and be sure to follow them on their social media platforms as well. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Beyond the Ribbon. My name is Ryan Parnell, and this week, once again, I'm joined by our prostate cancer nurse navigator and a personal friend of mine, Alan Harris. Alan, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing this morning? I am doing wonderful. You know, uh, it's, it's great, again, talking about prostate cancer. I know that you see your, your survivors and you work with folks. We're, we're really trying to draw attention to uh, being screened and the necessity of early detection and, and uh, getting that PSA drawn it's is key, right? Absolutely. Uh, the earlier uh, in the progression of cancer uh, that we're able to locate the cancer, uh, the much easier the treatment is on the patient uh, and the much better the chances are for an absolute cure. That's right. Uh, it's kind of difficult to get the doctors to uh, commit to an absolute cure, but uh, the earlier you're caught, the much better your chances are uh, at getting getting a real cure as opposed to just a slowing down right. of the cancer right. process kind of that, that continue to watch and, and, and see what's going on right yeah, yeah. you know uh, coming off of the friends of Fogelberg concert here you know we want to remind all of our listeners that uh, there is a free free make sure we stress that word free uh, PSA screening taking place on September the 11th that's on Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon over at Amarillo Urology. Right. And uh, this is that great first step, right? It really is. It's an absolute necessity for that first step, followed up by a screening with a physician, a urologist, uh, because the next most important step in that process is a, almost hate to say this, a digital rectal exam. Right. Uh, nobody really likes those. Uh, but that helps them in conjunction with the PSA results determine if or how severe uh, your your level of prostate cancer might be. Yeah. Absolutely important that both of those steps are taken. Right, and that's that's done based on you know a number of things. Right, the the high level of a PSA. So uh, uh, one of those most important factors is it's kind of a, a twofer, right? So you have the PSA, and if it's elevated and it continues to be elevated, then uh, there you know you're going to see one of the urologists and right. what, have the next steps done. Yeah, but let me let me stick this in there just for a second. It's important to see a urologist or an adept physician for rectal exams anyway right because there are a lot of guys that have low psas and high amounts of cancer uh so you know the the one goes with the other not in place of the other uh and really i recommend uh, rectal exams annually along with the psa uh kind of hard to get primary care physicians to go along with rectal exams for whatever reason uh but it's it's imperative because you just don't always see elevated PSAs in the presence of prostate cancer. Right. Yeah. So. Well, and, and, and us guys, right, sometimes it's hard to get any kind of screening done. It is. And you know, there's, a, there's this, uh, this bulletproofness that guys have. I guess we're, we're taught that way when we're kids. You know, get up and play the game. Uh, you know, it doesn't make any difference if that arm's hanging at a funny angle. You know, it's, <laughs> it's a, uh, we're taught that way forever. Right. Uh, and so we have this stoicism and this hidden the sand concept really about anything as far as our physical health is concerned. Right. But 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 the tough thing about prostate cancer, you know, if my left arm starts hurting and I'm sweating and my chest is hurting and I'm short of breath, 
chances are I'm going to go see a doctor about all that because I'm having symptoms of a heart attack. Well, there are other symptoms, but we'll stop there. But uh, the, the, the problem with prostate cancer is until it's very advanced, it has no symptoms. Right, yeah. So you can have pretty much a raging episode of cancer going on in your pelvic region, and you won't even know it's there uh, until it manifests elsewhere in your body. Uh, and that's, uh, it's really kind of almost too late then, Which frankly. Which is, again, a, the important, stresses the importance of screening. And, Absolutely. And, and, Absolutely. And that leads us, that's a good segue, right? That's a good segue to today's guest on our podcast. Um, we are super, super excited to have um, what, what a lot of people might consider, and I would say yes, is a local celebrity, uh, well-known. For sure. Well, very visible, um, <laughs> here to share uh, his story. <clears throat> Today, we're joined by Dr. Dave Oliver. Dave, how are you? Oh, I'm just doing great. And uh, all these things you're, you're talking about this morning are running through my brain and, and all the things I learned through the process. This is going to be great information for everybody today. Great. Yeah. You know, um, we are very thankful um, that you're here to share your story. Uh, a lot of times, men in particular, but even some women go through their, their treatment and go through their um, diagnosis and... Um, Keep it to themselves. Um, you know, there is this this story that you've got, and everybody has a story. Uh, every cancer survivor, every, you know, listening to this podcast, you all have a story, and you never know when your story is going to touch someone or make that impact. And so um, Dave is here uh, to share about your story. But let's talk about Doppler Dave in general. Let's talk about what you do for maybe someone who who's not listening from local. Let's just talk about your normal day-to-day duties. Okay. Well, I'm a, a local TV meteorologist, um, but I've been here 35 years at uh, News Channel 10. So wow. in my, my industry here, I'm kind of a dinosaur, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but obviously, uh, you know, very recognizable person. Yes. If, you, if you grew up around here, I, I promise you, you know who I am. I know if you're not from around here, if you ask me, Hey, what do you do? <laughs> I, hey, where are you from? You know, cause obviously you haven't been watching. That's TV right. Yet. That's right. Or yeah, they for sure have no clue, but I, I have to ask cause the, in, in thinking about that, our interview today and being on the podcast, I just have to know how many times on average do you get asked? What's the weather going to be like? You know, it, it's absolutely every single day. Every if, conversation. I mean, if I'm if I'm out in the public, I'll get that or 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 something related to my job. Yeah. It may not be exactly you know what the forecast is, but it's going to be something about TV. Um, and that's you know you ought to go to Walmart with me. <laughs> we should go take yeah. a trip. Well, I have to, I have to admit that I when he walked in today. I was kind of wondering what the weather was going to be like, and I've really worked yeah. not asking not him asking. because it's just it's just not fair. Yeah, you know, it's and just, I it's, it. it's part of the part of the job. True. I mean, you're recognizable, and and a lot of times when people say, "Hey, what's the weather going to do?" Really, what they're saying is, "Hey, I know you from TV, Dave. How are you?" That's you know? exactly it's, right. That's it's just exactly their way right. of communicating. That's, and, a, you that's know, exactly right. If I were out in public and nobody ever said anything, I mean, it'd probably mean that nobody was watching. Nobody's watching. Yeah. And that that you know, when you said that, that hit my brain. I thought that's a really good way to think of turning that positive. Like, yeah, sure. they see me on TV. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, again, thank you for coming on today. Um, we want to talk about your story and uh, dive into uh, your episode and your experience. So we'll start us off with that, David. Well, I'm first of all, really, really happy and thankful that I can uh, share a story because I think what I learned and, and the way it transpired for me should be inspirational and encouraging 
to a lot of guys because if if you know if it, if it, if you catch the cancer early, like we mentioned, like I did, uh, chances are really good that the story is going to end well. It's right. it's when it's not caught early that when you do um, finally figure out that something's going on, by then it can be too late. So it's all about that early detection. So. Um, I'm, I'm really happy to share that. And, and through this, you know, again, being visible on TV, um, I've been able to reach out to a lot of other men that are either contemplating, Hey, do I need to get checked? Or, Hey, this is what's been happening when I did get checked. What, uh, what did you do at this point? You know, so I think it really helps, especially for men (laughs) to have somebody else to, to bounce it off of somebody that's been down the road. And, I know that's exactly what I did when when I was diagnosed with cancer. I mean, I started reaching out right. to guys that have been through it before, and uh, you know, what did you do? What can you expect? And that was extremely helpful. So, you know, after my uh, my situation here, I just decided, hey, I I've got a really good opportunity to be an ambassador or poster child, if sure. you will, for yes. uh, for early detection of prostate cancer. Everything you need to know. Um, so I, you know, I make myself available and this, I'm really happy that we can do that this morning. Well, thank you. You know, uh, I mentioned in the last, uh, in last week's episode, when we spoke with, uh, Mickey Blackman, uh, Sergeant Blackman, I should say from the Potter County Sheriff's office, Mr. Sergeant, Mr. Sergeant Blackman. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. You know, when, when you're doing a podcast with someone across the table that has handcuffs and a gun, you really kind of straighten up and you know, do the right thing. But of course, Ricky, Mickey is just a great guy. But I, we talked about um, a, a story that I read that stuck with me years and years and years ago when, when I was working at uh, one of the local cancer uh, centers here. And um, it was by Lance Armstrong. It was one of his books. And he talked about how uh, when his doctor came in and gave him the results that he was cancer free, um, that he wanted to introduce him to the obligation of the cured. And uh, that was his way of saying, of doing what you're doing. You now have the obligation of saying, I, here's my story. Here's what I did here and, and help those uh, along the way. So let's talk about Dave. Um, you came to the Friends of Fogelberg concert. You've right. been to the screening and, yeah. and tell us about coming to the screening. Okay. Well, you know, I'm, first of all, you got to understand, I, I'm rarely sick. I, I never get sick. Um, you know, in the, the 35 years I've been out at News Channel 10, I can think of a just a couple of sick days that I've had. And really, some of those have even been just because my back was hurting. I wasn't really being ill, right. you know. So watch, I don't, it now, I, watch it now. Your boss is listening. <laughs> <laughs> I have been known to go fishing. <laughs> but, but I'm rarely sick, you know. I don't, I don't like going to doctors. It's not so much that I'm, I'm you know, I have a thing against doctors uh, or I'm embarrassed or sick. It's just it's – to me, it's inconvenient. You know, you got to right. schedule, go sit, and I just don't like to do that. So I'm not one to seek medical attention. But, um, you know, I got into my 50s, and uh, my wife and I decided, hey, you know, uh, we need to at least start to, to be proactive about, uh, you know, screenings and, and finding thing, things early. So I started to do the, uh, the free screening um, from the Friends of Fogelberg, which, by the way, is so easy. You just... Man, you pull up, you walk in, everybody's ready for you. You know, you're going to sit down. You're in and out in less than five minutes. Um, Which, again, is unheard of in a doctor's office. (laughs) Right, it is. Um, And, of course, 
most men are aware of the the digital exam, which who wants to do that, right? right. Especially yeah. when you're feeling well, you're nothing's going to I don't want to sign up to go in for that, right? So I found out about this free screening where you come in and take a little blood and that's it. I mean, sign me up for that, right? So I started to do that. And, uh, you know, I had like four years uh, went by and, uh, you know, you're going to get a card in the mail. It's either going to say, hey, you're in normal range or, hey, you're not in normal range. You need to follow this up with a more extensive uh, appointment. So four years go by and uh, I'm, I'm getting the card back. Everything's good, you know. And so um, this would be about two years ago. On that day of the screen, I had planned to go, but uh, my wife and I were having a garage sale. We got busy. It got to be at like 11.30 a.m. We're wrapping up, and I know this is going to be closing. And I thought, you know, things have been going so well. Why don't we just, you know, I'm going to sit this one out this year and and not go, you know. And so my wife uh, messed around for a minute, and then she came back and said, you know, you got time. Right. Just get on over there. Let's 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 you know just keep keep your routine going. And I'm so glad that she encouraged me to do that because a week later, here comes my card. This time, uh, your PSA is not in normal range. You need to follow that up with uh, with an appointment. You know, and once again, I'm so healthy. I'm thinking, I, and I know this PSA is not the it's not the uh, the the only number that that is important to cancer and it fluctuates right right yes it does it's not the tell all number I mean it, it, guys can have a, an elevated PSA and be just fine so I'm I'm in my mind I'm sure that's the yeah, case for me you of know? course but I did follow it up with a, an exam and uh, this was a pretty extensive rectal exam um, and uh, the doctor said well I, I found a nodule it's about a about a centimeter size you know. He goes, that doesn't mean you have cancer, but I, I have to tell you that, you know, this, this would be an abnormal digital exam. Okay. So I started looking things up and, you know, nodules. You, you of can, course, you, right. You start looking yeah. at Dr. Google. Right, sure. <laughs> so Everybody does that. Now I've got a slightly elevated PSA and a, and a nodule. You know, mm-hmm. I'm still thinking, okay, these things happen. Once again, I'm so healthy, this, this can't be anything. But the next step when you have an abnormal digital exam is now you need a biopsy. So uh, that's what we did next. And I got to be honest with you, you know, I have to, I'm, this time I'm having to take off work. My wife's taking off work to come be with me during this because she has to drive me home. And I'm sitting there, you know, in the gown, ready for the, ready for the biopsy. And, and I'm telling my wife, I'm, I'm so sorry, this is wasting our time, you know, and we need to be doing other things. And I'm even starting to think, you know, I wonder if, do those cards is that are they drumming up business here? I mean, is that how they yeah. is that how they yeah. keep guys coming in? Yeah. Okay, you, you, you you're borderline. We might mm-hmm. need to watch it. These things are going through my mind. Sure, you know, sure. So, and I would have bet money uh, that this they're going to come back and tell me, well, we're going to need to keep a little closer watch on you. Yeah. You know, you you're in my borderline. You're, everything's good, but we're we're going to watch you a little more closely. So when I got the call uh, about a you know a week beyond that, and uh, this was a nurse, and uh, she said, yeah, "Mr. Oliver, uh, okay, well, um, your doctor would like to talk to you." And so that kind of clicked right there uh-huh. that this is not going to be normal. You know, the doctors are busy; they got things to do. You know, if it was everything was just fine, they'd they'd tell you just fine, right? And so the doctor got on and he said, "You know, we just we found four cancerous tumors in your prostate." Um, you have prostate cancer, you know, and so there's the two by four to the side of the head right, right. there. That <laughs> that moment right there, the clock stops almost. It right? did, it, and uh, it just I was so taken aback, you know, that that this really happened. You know, <laughs> I had written it off that there's no way I had cancer, you know, 
And so that, that, you know, that really is a life-changing moment because uh, now no matter what, you've, you're going to have to make some decisions right. in, in what you're going to do. And I have to tell you, the, the, the most difficult part of the whole thing was not the doctor talking to me, not finding out that I had cancer. It's now I've got to tell other people, right. you know. Right. And, I mean, the first thing I'm going to have to do is call my wife, you know, and, and then my children, you know. Yes. And, God, that was so difficult to, to be the bearer of bad news, you know. Right. But it is good in the fact that uh, this was an early catch. I mean, we, we caught it really early, no spread. The first thing you do after finding out you have cancer is you're going to go in for a bone scan because that's what, that's what prostate cancer generally does when it does spread. It's probably going to go to the, the bones in the, in the pelvic area or lower spine, that part of the area. So that was probably when I was the most nervous is uh, that bone scan because if that comes back showing cancer, you're in a fight. Right. Yeah. You know? yeah, that's it a different ball every- game from confined cancer. It is. It's different ball game. Yeah. Um, and so you, you were not even the least bit concerned until you found out you had – and then all of a sudden it's a game changer. Yeah. And now you're, you know, the, the bone density or not the densities, the, the bone scan and so forth, that determines the path of what's next. Exactly. So let's go back, Dave, if we can, when you mm-hmm. talk to your, your wife and your children, um, how old were you, are, are your kids or were your kids? When, well, they're grown. They're, uh, grown. They, they're in the thirties. Right. You and, know. and we talk about on our podcast, we've talked on several occasions about how to tell your kiddos and how to do, and, I'm, and it, it's never easy. Um, even if they're that age versus an elementary or middle school or high school age kid, um, how did they take the news? Well, cautiously optimistic, sure. you know, um, it was disappointing for everybody. And of course the, the, you know, they knew that I had been in for a biopsy and would be getting some results, but I think the expectation probably going off of my lead was, uh, yeah. Hey, this is nothing. That's you know, calm. That doesn't seem concerned. Yeah. They, you know, they're trying to get some, some guys in to fill some appointment slots, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, but that changed. And sure. it, of course, you know, it, it, it just takes on a more serious tone, right. but, uh, but still we're in the, you know, pretty optimistic, you know, that, uh, we're catching it early, you know? So you had the bone scan Yeah. and how did that results come from that? Uh, I came out clean. Good. Um, and uh, I got to tell you, I was, I was able to watch the monitor during this. And, man, I am, I am locked onto that so much. Right. And even afterwards, you know, the, the tech and, and my wife are going, wow, that looks really good. You know, this good. But I'm going over it, you know, three or four times mm-hmm. in my own eyes. But, but once, uh, once it sunk in that uh, there's no spread, um, I was, I was uh, joyful and, and pretty happy because I knew I had some, some pretty good uh, feasible options to knock this out. Right. All right. So, you know, uh, I would assume, you know, talk, talking uh, today with Dave, um, coming off of last week's episode with Mickey, there's a, there's a trend here, right, Alan? There is. Early detection equals long life. Early detection equals <laughs> long life. I mean, I, it, it's also, as blunt as it can be. Exactly. But also a, um, a spouse who was adamant. Oh, well, that's true. Who was that's adamant. A, yeah that you go get your screening yeah. done. Yeah. And, and you know, I think women, and I'm going to, I can't think like a woman. I know that I've learned that <laughs> over the years. You <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But one of the things that I think women are more in tune with because they've been hammered about breast cancer from the time they have secondary sexual characteristics developing, uh, they're tuned into the 
the reality, if you will, of cancer in women. A lot of women don't get cancer. A lot of women do get cancer. And I think they're a little bit more in tuned with the need for screening. And it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Men are just kind of in a bubble world about their bulletproofness. Uh, and, and it can't happen to me. And women are a little bit more in tune with that. And I think once they realize the potentials for prostate cancer in their, in their spouse or significant other, uh, they tend to be a little bothersome about it in a positive way, if, if yeah. you get me on that. And that's not a bad thing. No. I mean, that's not well, a bad deal. Guys, you're just going to have to accept that they're right. They are. Okay. They, they are right. Well, and I was going to ask, right. you, you beat me to the punch. I asked Mickey this question, um, and he said, yes. Afterwards, did she say, I told you you needed to go? I, You had to go. No, no. And, and remember, <laughs> she wasn't nagging me to go. No, no, no. It's just she encouraged me there. Yeah. Hey, yeah. go ahead. We got time. Just you responsible know, this, adulthood. Well, and you know, the, <laughs> other, the other thing that this brings up too, Dave, is, and I can't tell you how many times we've heard it here at the center of, well, I took a year off from my, my mammogram. Or I took a year off, and, and as you're shaking your head no, I'm hoping our listeners are doing the exact same thing of saying no, mm. no, no. You cannot, do, you know. Uh, if I didn't get in for that screening, that, that's another year that the cancer's growing. In right. Me. And then that bone scan may not have come back. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it is very hard to say, you're right. Yeah. What, what if? So that speaks to the power and the importance of regular annual screenings. And then another thing I've caught too that you said, you've been having your PSA drawn for several years. Mm-hmm. And so there's a trend, there's a history. And so that helps the physician that helps your, your doctor that's treating you kind of see where you've been and where you've come. And of course, as you said, and as Alan has said, I want our listeners to know too, remind you that uh, the PSA is not the end all be all. And so just because it's high doesn't necessarily mean it's always going to be high and so forth. So there's always good, good reason to do that follow up. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, Alan touched on it. The PSA cannot be relied on solely by itself. It's one indicator. But as you mentioned, and the first thing I learned, I thought, wow, the blood test has replaced that digital exam. (laughs) You know, and I thought, well, it's going to be a lot easier to get guys in. But you have to do them in combination in tandem. Yeah, exactly. uh, Exactly. Plenty of guys have a normal PSA range, but pretty aggressive cancer and and vice versa, you know. So, um they just they have to go together. True. Yeah. Unfortunately, though, um, guys are not going to come to a free PSA and digital rectal exam screening. I don't think. I don't think so. I don't think so. So um, I just I just can't see them lining up. <laughs> right. I it's, mean, it'd have to be a really big giveaway prize, like a Ferrari or something. Yeah, really. And, but let's be clear: there is not a Ferrari being given away on yeah. Saturday, no uh, September the 11th. There's not a Ferrari. No. Uh, but you can come have breakfast. <clears throat> Uh, provided by United uh, Supermarkets here in town. And then, um, as Dave said, and, and Mickey last week, just a quick little blood draw. Um, it's at least a start. And, of course, we encourage you to continue on. And it, it catches cancer. It does. You know? I mean, Every year it does. Since the PSA is a, is an indicator, not not the only, but it's an indicator. So an elevated PSA needs to be followed up on. That's right. you know? Absolutely. But it's, it's not something you can steer yourself away from once, once you find out you've got it. Right. That's, that's absolutely true. And, you know, back to the women being in tuned. I mean, they're, they're, they're used to annual exams where you might find a, a lump or, or something. Correct. You're not going to find that with prostate cancer. There's, you're going to cruise, you're going to smooth sail your life until uh, I've heard of men say, and then I started getting this back pain, lower back pain or this, 
pain in my pelvis, you know. And the reason that they're getting that is because the cancer's now moved to the bones That's and right. is attacking. That's exactly and, right. And bone cancer is not easily treated. No, and not well treated, actually. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, and that's a, an important point and why the early detection part is so darned important. Uh, not only does it improve, to be totally blunt, your chances of survival, but it also saves a lot of pain and agony, uh, emotional and physical, for the patient and obviously for the family. I mean, it's, it's a, it can become a very, very serious type sure. of cancer, sure. not to be taken lightly at all. And, you know, um, and I don't necessarily agree with this, but people were telling me that, well, hey, prostate cancer is, uh, I mean, it's, it's the easy, yeah. most easily treated uh, cancer. And, and I even had, you know, some people say, it's just like having the flu or something. They're going to get okay. Yeah. It's mm. not quite that mm -mm. No. No, 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 You will not hear that come out of my mouth. Okay. <laughs> but on the other hand, um, there are some, uh, some really effective ways to get that cancer out. And in the overall picture, I'd say it's you're getting off pretty easy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. you, you brought that up, and um, I've heard that. Now that's the one you want to have. I mean, I mean, it, you call yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's they just do this and they do, and you know, and I think a lot of times, and we've done a, a couple of podcasts on communication and saying things, and and it's like, how's the weather? You, you said this earlier, right? That's the the thing someone communicates to me because they feel like they know me or they, they need to say something and that's what they relate to. And so in those instances, when someone finds out that you've been diagnosed with cancer and they, Oh, it's prostate. Well, Oh, that's not the bad one. I mean, I, you know, and then you hear those anecdotal stories. I mean, Oh, yeah. you know, this and that. And those are some of the worst things to say. And I think what they really mean is you have a treatable cancer, right? You yeah. Know? yeah. It's, it's unintentional. And that's, and that's a lot better than a, than a not treatable cancer. Yeah. And you know, really there, there's a, the two primary treatments for cancer are robotic-assisted prostatectomies done laparoscopically and radiation therapy. And um, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the robotic-assisted laparoscopic prostatectomy. As the surgery is concerned, they're not, it's not an awful surgery. Now, it's got its drawbacks, and I'm sure we could talk ad lib about those forever but but I'll it's probably have some insight on that <laughs> yeah well you, yeah exactly and and but it's but in the great scale of surgeries it's not it, it's way down the scale of really dangerous painful uncomfortable surgeries um however if you're not a candidate for the surgery the the radiation therapy uh although it takes about 36 to 42 weeks to do the treatment process is pretty pain-free and not a lot of ill effects from that. So there are options out there for treatment that, that have drawbacks but are certainly better than some forms of treatment for cancer down the line, like sure. having a lung removed or stuff like that that, that can be really yeah. bad. So there's, there's some good parts to the treatment process, although they're still treatment processes, and you can't take that part away from it. Sure. Well, let's jump in, Dave, to, you know, after you've had your, your bone scan and it's contained, that begins the discussion, right, of treatment. Yes. And yeah. uh, so talk, talk to us about your option. And well, that's, <clears throat> that's when you're going to really um, start to self-educate. Right. You'll get a lot of guidance and you'll have resources available from, uh, you know, your urologist, your, your doctor, um, cancer center. Um, and there's some books. Uh, I was given a book right off the bat from my doctor. But uh, because of those options and the pros and cons of each, uh, every man is, is going to make that decision. Right. Um, right. And, and so you, you, you look at all of that. And um, 
Yeah, so I, I can't really tell you, you know, what you're going to do next. I can just say that uh, my wife and I decided we thought the, the best course of action uh, was to go ahead and have the prostate removed. So that, that required that uh, robot-assisted um, surgery. And so then it was just a matter of, uh, you know, getting that scheduled and, and getting ready to get that done. Right. And I, I have to tell our listeners, when, when, when you hear robotic-assisted surgery, it sounds super Star Trek-ish. Um, and in reality, it's kind of cool. It's, and it's Star Trek-ish, I'm going to tell is. you. <laughs> but, it, but it's not like a robot rolls in and no. does the surgery for you, no. you know, for the doctor. The physician is still doing it. Yeah. Um, um, it, it, I got to see a presentation on this when I, I worked at one of the local cancer centers, and um, I was amazed because I had no idea what to expect. And, yeah. You know, you actually have the doctor sitting down in a chair and puts his um, – his eyes, puts his face, his forehead into this little uh, deal, almost like it used to be. I don't know if they still do it because I haven't had a driver's test in so long. But, you know, when you would take your driver's test and you uh, put your eyes in there and it tells you to read the line and tell you where you are for your vision test. And that's kind of what it is because it shows up this lighted up, lit up view um, that he's actually seeing magnified um, that's inside uh, where your prostate is. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's up on a screen too, so they, the rest of the room can see and so forth. And they have, and he's moving little bitty, tiny little um, rings, if you will, um, uh, to maneuver these various arms that are that are rotatable. Three hundred and I mean, it's it's completely it's, it's rotatable, amazing. and there's all kinds of uh, attachments they can put on those things. And so, um, it's it, it the robot is is actually the physician moving the pieces and parts, right? right? Right. Exactly. Now, what, a line that you'll remember when I say it by one of the physicians that does the surgery in town. It's not like I push a button and go away and drink coffee. I'm actually doing the surgery. Does that sound familiar? That does. Yeah. <coughs> of course. Um, you know, I didn't. I didn't get to see that. Right. You know. Yeah. No. And that's I, a good thing. <laughs> I, I did get to see the machines because uh, there was a little bit of a delay uh, when they were going to put me out, and the doctor had just a little snag. Before we get, so they let me sit there for a couple minutes, so I was able to at least See look the around the, the room before I went out. And uh, it, it looked pretty cool. Uh, you know, I, I didn't know how it was going to come over to me and do right. its work, but uh, it looked pretty sophisticated. It yeah. is very well, amazing. As a technical person, you would probably appreciate it more now than you did that day. It's something you can actually YouTube robotic prostatectomies. I need to do that. Yeah, yeah it's really pretty interesting. It, uh, and, and of course, the robot is used for a number of surgeries for GYN cancers, uh, hernias. I mean, it's it's used for for a lot of varying surgeries. And I think you know one of the key selling points is the the um, speed at which you heal because you have um, I don't know how many you you can how many little holes versus sure. a big incision. Okay, so I had uh, five holes uh, across uh, my abdomen. Uh, four are for the uh, instrument itself, and then they have to cut a little bit larger hole to get that prostate out. Right. You know? Yeah. So, but they're right across uh, your waistline, or so. Um, uh, I've, you know, minor, uh, you know, noticeable, but it's just not. It's not like it's gruesome or anything. True. So, so prostate comes out, and what's next? What are what are what are your thoughts and feelings, and how are you feeling yeah, about everything? And a little bit more on making the decision. It's. Uh, it's not really all that easy because you're hearing pros and cons on both. And, and, and so I was, there were times that I would, uh, you know, waver a little bit and say, am I doing the right thing or should I go the other route? And, uh, just some things that I had heard gave me some confidence. So I was, I was confident right there at the last minute for the surgery. So 
then I was just ready to hear that, hey, everything went well. <laughs> and uh, that, that was the report. Beautiful so, words. Yeah. Uh, and, and then I knew, you know, okay, with the prostate gone, taking the tumors with it, I, I should already basically be cancer-free, you know. So my wife and I were uh, thankful for that. And, um, and then it's just kind of tackling the, the recovery process. Yeah. Well, if you don't mind sharing, Dave, if, was there something that you said you wavered back and forth? Was there one thing or maybe two things that kind of tipped you over into that area that you say, now I'm, I'm comfy making that choice? There are. And, and before I, I uh, um, describe that, uh, I still want to reiterate that every man will make their own decision. Absolutely. For their own reasons. And, and whatever you know, decision they make is absolutely. the right decision. Absolutely. For them. So, you know, what the reason I decided for this may not resonate with, with other men. But, you know, I, I heard some things such as, um, okay, if, if you go the radiation route and then uh, there's either recurrence or some problems down the road, um, the removal of the prostate is no longer a viable option. So right. you're kind of you're kind of s- stuck there. And I didn't really want that. Um, you know, I just, if I'm going to have something done, I, I want it to be kind of, per- I want it to be one and done permanent, <laughs> <laughs> basically. Uh, but even then, you know, um, you know, there's, there's risks in the surgery, you know, um, you can run into problems with, uh, you know, incontinence and in your, your colon and erectile dysfunction and, and a, and a lot of things, which, you know, we, you don't want those happening either. And so you just, didn't really know for sure, but one of the last things that, that really tipped me over, and it would have been too late anyway, but uh, one of my nurses, as she's wheeling me back, saying, yeah, okay, well, um, I understand the, the surgeon. My dad had prostate cancer. I, I really wish, and he does too, wish he had done what you're about to do mm. because he had developed a lot of secondary problems, and uh, now he couldn't do the prostatic. And I said, I'm so glad you're sharing that with me right now as I'm about to go do the surgery. Right. How comforting was that? Yeah, it it really was. Oh, my goodness. And and so, I mean, that that kind of, like I said, it would have been too late. Validation. But it was. It was great affirmation. You could have actually called it off at that point had you really felt strongly enough about calling it off. I guess. But, uh, I mean, it's just when you're asleep, it's too late. But up to that point, you've still got that option. Wow. The... uh, Yeah, that's a that was a good <clears throat> kind of an emotional boost at the end, you know. Yes. Which is which was a nice thing, uh, and and I'm sure that the doctors are glad that they paid that girl to say that. <laughs> the, uh, <clears throat> that that was a joke, the uh, poor one, but a joke. But the uh, but at any rate, yeah, the uh, the surgery. You know, the radiation problem is that is that you can't have surgery after radiation, or if you do, it's rife with possible problems related to the surgery uh so uh, and that's really the the reason that a lot of people i call it the life ring after surgery you can have radiation if there's a recurrence but after radiation it's really difficult to do surgery next to impossible to do surgery and that life ring of an additional treatment if necessary makes a lot of guys think about surgery if they if they qualify in other in other areas yeah. for surgery. That was you know? that was pretty much it for my wife and I. I mean, <clears throat> we discussed that thoroughly. I mean thoroughly. <laughs> no, and, sure. and back to uh you know talking to other guys that had been down that road of the prostatectomy um you know it really um helped me to to hear their story and they came out of it okay and they yes they recommended it and so that was that was helpful for me too. Yeah. Yeah. You know mentors in all walks of life are key. I'm sure you had a mentor in, in your meteorology and, and 
early stages of, of work, and you've probably been a mentor to many of the meteorologists that have come through. <laughs> there have been a few. There have been a few that have come through. You've been there for thirty five years. Um, but in this case, yeah, a mentor is truly worth their weight in gold. That's right. And you know, anybody listening to our our podcast here, um, I am very much available and accessible and would love nothing more to help you with, with whatever situation you're in. Thank you for that. Uh, also for our listeners too, uh, I encourage you guys to go back to one of our early episodes. It might've been, my mind escapes me, but maybe like number four, number five, um, somewhere in there, we did a podcast with, um, the folks from fourth angel. Um, and fourth angel is an organization we work with here. Um, if you need a mentor, uh, for any cancer. And maybe you don't want to speak to someone locally because you're afraid you might run into them at the grocery store. And there's the person that, you know, I told them I didn't w- want to do what they did or whatever the case may be. Um, fourth angel, just as a quick side note, uh, you can find that information on our website two for survivorship.org. Um, it's free. You can sign up there. What they do is they match you with someone who is as close demographically and, and uh, type of cancer and so forth that you have um, match you up with someone, they reach out to you, um, could be someone in North Carolina, it could be someone in California, anywhere. Um, the likelihood of it being local is very slim. Um, and then it's a, it's a communication via text, email, phone call, whatever that case may be. Um, but that's for all cancers. And that's really a a key thing too, because there are a lot of prostate survivors here locally. There are a lot of breast cancer survivors here locally. There may not be a lot of, you know, your specific rare type of cancer you have. So um, just a side note for that, go back and listen to that episode, find that information on our website. Uh, but that's key uh, to have a mentor. And, and, and just briefly on the, on the mentor part, uh, Amarillo Urology, which does most of the diagnostics for prostate cancer in our region, <coughs> excuse me, uh, diagnoses about 400 cases a year in the panhandle and our catchment area, if you will. That's, that's, that's a, a case lot. a day plus, really. Now that yes. you know, counting weekends, uh, so there are, and I think I think Dave can can probably appreciate this. And I don't I don't even know how this happens, but you'll come in and you'll be diagnosed with cancer, and all of a sudden there are people coming up saying, "Hey, Dave, I hear you've been diagnosed with cancer. How do these people find that out? I've never figured that out." But you'll have people coming up to you that you don't even know that want to share their experiences with you, plus people that you may know that you heard about having cancer and there's a, an informal network of people that provide resources and emotional support for guys that are in the same boat. I would like to put a caveat on all that. You'll probably understand this. Every man's cancer is his cancer. Uh, you know, your, your, the, the scope of the cancer, uh, the discovery of the cancer, although there's some similarities you can't compare everybody as being in the same barrel of apples. There are differences. Sometimes there are significant differences that affect the type of treatment you're available that's available for you uh, or outcomes, actually. So you always have to take that other guy's history with a grain of salt and accept it for the offering that he's trying to support you with, you know? Yeah. Sure. Um, and like I say, my story will be different than, than other men, yep. but, uh, you know, it gives you something to, to go a little, work little through. extra resource sure, for you, a sure. little, little extra information. Yeah. So surgery's done. 
Let's talk about next steps because it's, okay. that's not the end, right? You've got follow-up no. visits. That's right. And uh, there are some, some lingering repercussions from this uh, robot-assisted surgery that, that I had. Uh, you know, you'll come out of the hospital with a, with a catheter. You'll, you'll have that for a week. That was the first time in my life I'd ever had a catheter, you know? I mean, oh, so. yeah. Well, I will tell you that I've talked to a zillion men, and nobody liked the catheter. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But, but even that, I mean, c- compared to with everything at risk and at stake, and you got rid of your cancer, man, right. I can handle it's, it. Yeah, that's what, and that's what most guys say. That's a true. bag for a week. It's not, not your favorite, but you learn to manage, and it's going to be for about a week, hopefully. Yeah, yeah you'll actually. Get, You'll come in for a, a test to make sure that uh, your, your bladder's not leaking, and uh, then you can get rid of the catheter. But you will be incontinent for uh, you know quite some time, um, and this is where the doctors will tell you it's, there's there's not really a, a set time frame there. Some guys it's uh, a month or two, some it's six months. It can be a year, and then you have a percentage that just stays incontinent now and i think it's something like what one percent or yeah, so. less yeah less than one yeah. percent but that that's about right so yeah. i mean that, that's one of the risks of the surgery but you know unless 99 out of 100 are going to get beyond that um so you know you, you'll be in a uh a, a, a diaper you know you'll be in a uh, depends uh, yeah it depends yeah. something like that um it's not the not the best thing in the world but uh that's it's going to be temporary in the long run for me it was about three months on that on the diapers yeah. and that's where other men really helped me out because at about month two i'm going golly i again i'm so thankful i'm cancer free but i'm ready to get out of this stuff you know is it gonna happen because yeah, <laughs> go i'm away. two months in and, and i had guys say oh dude hang in just just hang in that's gonna get better right and uh, about about month three <clears throat> it, it did and and then you kind of uh, graduate to uh to more of a, a pad a shield you know at various times of the day that, that you might be leaking a little bit. Um, I'm down, to, you know, it's been a year and a half since my surgery. And I'm down to just occasionally throwing a pad on if like if I'm in the evening in a social gathering or something, you know, mm-hmm. just, just to be safe. Um, the evening seems to be when I'm a little more at risk for a little bit of leakage, but, uh, but, but not every day. I mean, that's, that's occasional. And other than that, um, I'm back to pretty much a hundred percent normal life. You Amen. know, my wife and I go about our lives, take walks. We go camping and fishing, just got off a week at Florida on the beach. I mean, it's all good. So yeah. I mean, you'll, you'll get there. That's right. Well, Dave, I, I, um, I know our listeners are, are and, and my, we're all super thankful that you're sharing your story with us. Um, the story of, of making sure to get screened and follow up on those screenings. It all starts, it has to start somewhere, right? And that's yeah. where you start. And, you know, I've, uh, what I just described there, you know, my the week I had with my wife at the, the beach last week, you know, without that screening, uh, and, I, you know, you don't know exactly how long, but if I had continued to just, you know, go about my life not worried or concerned about, uh, you know, testing or checking, uh, I remember my, my doctor telling me, hey, okay, so you're, you're 58, you know, by the time you made your mid late sixties, this could have been a much, much, much uglier situation. Yes, we got you. We got you early. We took care of it, and you're pretty much, you know, cancer free. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And your PSAs have been like undetectable ever pretty since. Pretty much, you know. Uh, yeah, pretty much at the threshold of yeah what, point uh, point zero zero eight, yeah. <laughs> which is where you want them to be. That's believe right. me, that's yeah. perfect. Yeah, perfect. Exactly. Well. Yeah. What what would you say to and I think you may have just hinted on this, 
going through this, what what changed? How did it change you? Other than you know physical, uh, but how did it change you mentally? How did it change you emotionally? Yeah. Impact you? Well, I guess once again, just um, knowing that I had the opportunity to find this, uh, eliminate it, and then not worry about it. And move on. This, just the gratitude and the thankfulness I have about that is, is motivational. I mean, that's, that's a big part of my life. And wanting to share and help others. But I guess just in general that the screening and early detection of cancer and, and other, other uh, medical-related issues and illnesses, I mean, that's what they're there for, you know? That's right. Yeah, I mean, so don't think of them as being in, inconvenient or, well, I'm going to get embarrassed when I go to the doctor. Just look what you're up against. Women got it. They, I mean, they've got it down. They do. Women, they, they, don't, do. they don't mind going <laughs> in. And, and they find things. But uh, for us guys, it's there. It's available. It's a resource. I mean, you don't have to have a long degenerative fight with cancer that ends up, you know, stealing your joy and, and ending in an ugly death. It just doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. And it's, it's all, it's your decision, you know? Yeah. It's just your decision. I mean, I don't think if anybody came and sat you down and said, hey, tell you what, in 10 years from now, uh, we can have you in the hospital every day for treatment and you're going to be getting weak and sick and uh, just going downhill and, and near death. Or go get screened and get this taken. I don't think anybody's going to opt for no. that, that first one, you know? No, so, no. But it's the same result it is. if you don't. Yeah, it is. You know, really, that's absolutely true, Dave. Yeah, absolutely true. So, you know, that, yeah. that, that's a very powerful way to put it. Yeah. If you're listening and you're married uh, or you have someone in your life that is of age to be screened, you know, in, in their 40s, um, get them to Amarillo Urology on September the 11th from 9 to noon. Like in Dave's case, 1130 is not too late. Mm-hmm. I have been to the screening personally as a, uh, to be screened, but also to help because it's, it's a part of our foundation and then help organize and, and, and conduct everything there. No, I'm not drawing blood. So if don't, don't, don't think you're coming to see me. And draw <laughs> thank your thank blood. you, Amarillo. And thank you for that. Cause you don't want me drawing your blood, <laughs> no. but I'm telling you, we, there's never someone turned away. There's been someone show up straight up at noon and it's like, come on in. We got, you're here, come even, in. Even after. Yeah, noon, you're here, come on there. in, let's get, let's get it drawn. Yeah. We're still there, let's get it taken care of. So don't think you're too late. Um, if you can't make the screening, you're out of town, whatever the case may be, schedule the screening Right, with that's your not the only time to get screened. That's right. It's, it's a good, convenient, uh, easy, simple way to do it. And I'm so glad that the Friends of Fogelberg really helped to do that. But yeah, if you miss that, that just means okay. Now it's up to you. Yes. Check check with the doctor. They'll do it. Yeah. You know, real That's quick. Right. Or or you guys that go in for annual physicals with your physicians every year, uh, make darn sure that your physician. Hey, when they're going to do your annual lab work, say, hey, can you pop a PSA on that annual lab work? It's still why a blood not? Test. You know, yeah. they're going to draw blood and look at all your cardiac enzymes and stuff. But get that PSA drawn because that's yeah. just as important as the rest of yeah. that lab work. Believe me. Believe me. Yeah, and and there's no doubt. Of course, you know. Um, it, it's a very easily done, we've talked about that, it can be done at any time. It's not like you have to be within a window of whatever the case may be with your primary physician. Um, you know, definitely take care of that. Take advantage of this free one if you're in town. Again, 9 to noon on September the 11th 
Amarillo Urology. You can find their address. You can get over there, get it done. They probably will have 10 or 15 folks there drawing blood. Oh, at least. Yeah, it's they've got so simple. And as Dave said and Mickey said last week, five minutes or less, in and out, grab a burrito, grab some fruit, some juice, and go on about your day, whatever the case may be, some coffee, and go on about your day. Uh, it's super simple. Uh, Dave, one of the things we do when we close out our podcast every week is we talk about uh, a powerful moment. We're sponsored by Pete's Car Smart Kia. Pete and the guys over there are so gracious to help us out with this podcast. And so we like to end every podcast with a powerful moment, a Pete's powerful moment. Have you, I know you've got one, maybe multiples. Everybody has multiples, but could you share a powerful moment with us? Oh, I would love to. And uh, this, this is a very powerful moment. I'm going to, I'm going to kind of, uh, um, meld together several conversations I've had, but let me tell you what's powerful to me is when, uh, a lady, uh, contacts me and says, I just want to thank you so much because you shared your story. I finally got my husband to go in and we're either clean or we found cancer, but it's early and he's going to be okay. There is to me, there's nothing more powerful than that. Oh, I absolutely totally, true yeah absolutely true um yeah you know I'm not, i i, I yeah. very rarely am i speechless and our listeners are probably nodding their head if you've listened to uh our episodes i've known him for years and years <laughs> and years and speechlessness is not but part it, of my... that is i don't know that there is a more powerful thing no to hear that you've affected someone's life <clears throat> yeah. and saved someone's life that's what i sharing. think I believe that would be the uh, the theme for your whole podcast today is right there, you know. Yes. Um, hey, guess what? I've got the secret, and I'm going to share it with people, you know. That's and, right. And let it – I hope your your story ends well like mine. That's right. That's right. Well, gosh, we, we thank you, Dave, for uh, being an open book uh, and, and, and sharing um, your story uh, and being a testament uh, to early detection, um, early screening, early detection, and treatment and follow through. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll live the rest of my days uh, sharing that story for this, this purpose. Yeah. Bless you. You know, uh, this great. Thank you again to all our listeners. Uh, gosh, every week it seems like we have such great information to share. Uh, so we hope that in turn you're sharing this information, uh, with your friends, your family, your coworkers and so forth. You know, someone who needs to know about this screening, tell them about the screening, share the podcast. Um, you know, it's, it's such a simple and easy thing to have done, uh, that can make such a difference and do not, do not skip a year. Doesn't matter if you're, you're a lady with a mammogram or your pap smear or, or, uh, guys with their prostate screening, do not miss a year. Do not do that. Uh, gosh, we can't thank you guys enough for joining us. Uh, we, as we always like to say, uh, subscribe to the podcast, hit the buttons, uh, let everyone know about the information that's here because, um, you know, while it may be somewhat inconvenient and not easy to have find time to do it, it's incredibly important uh, to get done. So uh, we hope to see you guys uh, nine to noon on September the 11th for the Friends of Fogelberg screening with United Supermarkets product providing breakfast over at Amarillo Urology. And then join us next week for another episode of Beyond the Ribbon. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Beyond the Ribbon. Make sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast and follow us on social media for news and updates. If you'd like more information about the 24 Hours in the Canyon Cancer Survivorship Center, please visit our website, 24survivorship.org. Thanks again, and we'll be back next week.